we're going to go through all the leftist hypocrisy when it comes to what happened at the Capitol. We're going to go through how Antifa may have infiltrated the Capitol. We're going to go through what Trump was saying. We're going to go through how the mainstream media responded, all their hypocrisy, how Twitter and Facebook are going to ban Trump what this means for the future. Did Trump concede? There's so much to go through. I was there. I was documenting everything that was going on. And I can tell you right now, the mainstream media is full of it and lying. But before we get into this video or this podcast, please drop the video like, subscribe, turn the notifications on every single day. Also, the show is completely funded and supported by you guys. If you can, please become a patron to support me. Big tech censorship is going to come in hard. They're going to destroy my life and they're going to destroy yours. So if you become a Patreon, I'll be greatly appreciated. I'll give you a call to say thank you. Now let's get into this. So up on screen, I have footage of what appears to be D.C. police literally opening the Capitol gates to let peaceful Trump supporters uh, through. The media makes it out to be that they breached the gates. This does seem like it could be potentially a setup. Now, I was there. I, I was I did not obviously I did not join in in any of uh, any form of destruction at all. I was there documenting it there to support Trump. And when I was there, I did I just walked up. I walked straight up to the front door. Look, this is a photo of me. I got up on screen. I just walked up, and, that, and I was just hanging out there. And pretty much everyone was just taking pictures. That was pretty much it. They were just taking pictures with flags. Besides, maybe a few dozen people that ended up getting in. And they barely did any damage, just to be honest. It's a bunch of papers on the floor and a stolen lamp. So now, what we had, this is something that I believe the Democrats wanted to happen. We finally had Republicans on the House floor exposing the fraud and the unconstitutional election processes. Then, everything got shut down because people stormed the Capitol. This is just what the Democrats wanted. This could have been a day to expose everything, but it wasn't. This could have cost us the election. It was most likely Antifa that initiated this, but it was still supported by some on the right. The media coverage for the next 10 years will not be about what would be. It will be about what happened today, and it won't be about the exposing of the fraud and the election process. Now, granted, what happened today when it came to the electoral vote could have happened that way regardless. But the point I'm trying to make is, we were heading in the right, proper direction. We had very smart, very well-spoken individuals from the House, Republicans that were going up there and stating the case to the American people and in front of Congress. That's what we had going on. We were doing everything, the legal process, properly. Then all hell broke loose, and we were left with what we were left with. So I was there. The media is overblowing everything. It was about a few dozen people who broke into that Capitol building. That was about it. There were tens of thousands of peaceful protesters assembling as this was all going on. Literally, tens of thousands of people. I looked. I, I, I walked straight in. I walked straight up to the front door, turned around. As far as the eye can see was just a sea of red MAGA hats, red, white, and blue, American flags, you know, uh, Trump banners, everything. As far as the eye can see. Everybody was just watching. They, they were just they were hanging out there. But obviously, when you have a few dozen people banging in to the Capitol, and you have aerial footage, and you see these massive crowds of people, and then you see some people breaking in, it's easy to assume that those tens of thousands of people were all storming into the Capitol building. But that's not what was happening. Now, I want to know, why was the Capitol building left so unsecure? 
during the certification of the electoral votes. It almost seemed like it was a setup. It, I'm not saying it was. It almost seemed like it was a setup. On my way up to the Capitol, police everywhere. You know, um, I'm talking about a half a mile to the Capitol. Police had everything barricaded everywhere. Obviously, the barricades were all completely open. It did not seem like they were trying to push everybody out at, at any point. It didn't seem like they were trying to restrict access to get to the Capitol. I thought, I thought, I saw so much police had all these roads blocked, so many barricades. I thought, I'm like, there is no way we're going to be getting this close to the Capitol because I came around like 1 p.m. or 12. I'm like, there's no way we're going to get that close. Nope. Just walked through the barricades. The barricades had entrances for you to walk through. And uh, I just, I just walked straight up to the front door. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I'm looking at myself. I'm like, is, is this what the media is portraying? Is us storming? The Capitol building and breaking through barricades. I'm, I just walked straight up. Walked past the police, said hello, said stay safe. What? <laughs> and I talked with a lot of the Trump supporters there. A lot of them. As I was walking up there with a lot of the Trump supporters as well. And I told them what was going on because I had a friend that talked to me on the phone and told me, hey, you know, people are storming the thing. And I'm, you know, people are like, what's going on? I told them. They're like, they all shook their head. I, don't, I didn't find one person that was, I actually, I will be honest. I heard some people walking by that were like overly hyped, you know, uh, you know, 1776 is going to commence right now, blah, blah, blah. Some, some of those types of people. Listen, if you're one of those types of people, I'll, I'll be honest with you, lose that nonsense talk because storming an empty Capitol building during the certification of the votes, I don't know what you expect to come from that. Sitting at Pelosi's desk, taking her lamp, taking her podium, I don't know what you look to accomplish from doing something like that. I'm not against revolutions at all. Just I'm, I'm, I'm against uh, this, especially this current type of situation, because especially since we were going through the legal process, um, was, was unnecessary. It's almost like it's what the Democrats want. And notice how every single Republican is disavowing what happened. BLM and Antifa riots were literally 100,000 times worse. And the Democrats praised them. Now that is the difference between us and them. Because they burnt down Washington, D.C. multiple times. There was not one business looted, not one fire. Uh, the people, people were, you know, did get hurt. I'm not going to lie about that. One of the, the I, at least I know one of them seemed to be pretty unjustified what the police did to her, what the law enforcement did to her. But there is a big difference because we came out in mass, in mass to disavow what happened, even though most of it was instigated by Antifa, apparently, apparently, allegedly, even though most of it seemed to just be let happen, even though most of it. Is it over-exaggerated over by the mainstream media to paint a particular narrative? We still went out in mass, and we still disavowed everything that happened. Whereas, you got Andrew Cuomo out there when Black Lives Matter is burning down his cities, saying, and he comes out saying, well, where does it say protests need to be peaceful? You got all the, the people of the squad calling for civil unrest in the streets, you got Pelosi calling for unrest in the streets. You got Maxine Waters telling her supporters, if you see a Republican, harass them. Let them know. Harass them. Don't let them, you know, these people are sick individuals. 
And the left and these big corporations and the establishment powers that be have constantly, time and time again, positively reinforced violent riots. And there's a difference. There's a difference between a riot and a revolution. I would still consider what happened, even though I disavow it at the Capitol, I would still consider that a revolution. Why? Because the context is different. What what is as as loose and as bad as their goal was and very poorly thought out? The goal was, hey, we're going to storm the Capitol building against, you know, government tyrants, whatever, whatever they thought was going on in their head. Okay, I, I, I can cl- you can classify that as a revolution because you're, you're you had a specific purpose to, I guess, overthrow your government, whatever you, you they wanted to do. Whereas Black Lives Matter, they'll just take to the streets, they'll they'll loot burn businesses down that does not help your cause you're not revolting against anyone who's any government entity you're not revolting against you're not revolting against anything you're just uh, a pathway of destruction in your wake that is a riot when the dust settles in capital at the capitol building they literally returned i think the same day pretty sure they returned i i I was driving home so I, i don't i was like too much for the day i'm done i tuned off but i think they returned if Black Lives Matter had their way with that Capitol building, there'd be nothing left. But that, that's the difference. I walked around D.C., no graffiti, no buildings burning to the ground, no people in mass panic. It was like nothing was happening besides a lot of foot traffic and a lot of car traffic because there was just a lot of people in D.C. But there is a big difference between what happened. Yeah, you can call both a riot, but you can still classify what happened at the Capitol. A revolution, the start of a revolution, even though poorly executed, poorly planned out, disavowed by 99.99% of Republicans. <sighs> Let me know what you guys think. So facial recognition claims that Antifa infiltrated Trump protesters who stormed the Capitol. Now, real quick, whether this is true or not, we don't know if this is official. This is just something that's being said. There has been numerous reports of Antifa saying that they were going to go and uh, pretend to be uh, Trump supporters in order to stir some stuff up. So that is a potential possibility. Now, I'm going to read this particular article, and then we're going to read how the mainstream media is reacting to this. So the Trump uh, supporters say Antifa members disguised as one of them infiltrated the protesters who stormed the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday. A retired military officer told the Washington Times that the firm XR Vision used its software to do facial recognition of protesters who matched two Philadelphia Antifa members and two men inside the Senate. The source provided the photo match to the Times. One of the tattoos that indicates is a uh, Stalinist sympathizer. Many Antifa members promote anarchy through violence and want to end the American in favor of the Stalinist state. No more USA at all is one of the protesters' chants. XR Vision also has identified another man who, uh, while not known as uh, to have Antifa links, is someone who shows up at climate and Black Lives Matter protests in the West. Born in Portland, Oregon, Antifa has mounted a year of violence in that city. The mayor said this week that Antifa is trying to destroy the town and called for tougher police measures. Antifa, which is a loosely uh, loosely organized uh, nationwide, uh, exports warriors to other towns. And one thing I noticed, which I thought was very suspicious, I was like, where is Antifa when I went there? When you normally go to a Republican protest or, or a Trump protest, 
it is pretty much always met with Antifa rebellion, of Antifa people trying to start some, some trouble. I noticed it was not met by, I didn't see any, by any Antifa people at all. That, I was like, where are they? That's what made me think maybe they're undercover. Maybe they did a little bit of an operation over here. And that's what the plan was. The plan wasn't to have Antifa come out in mass. The plan was to pull off a stunt like this. So this is what the Washington Post is saying. Rip Matt Gates and other GOP politicians baselessly suggest Antifa is to blame for pro-Trump mob rioting into Capitol. Now, but when, when the left, when the left wants to say that it was Republicans that were undercover instigating at Black Lives Matter riots, Black Lives Matter peaceful protests and turning them into riots, those were completely baseless with no claims of, of anything. And they can promote those conspiracy theories with, with nothing, literally with, with, with nothing, no, not even a, a, a shred of evidence. But then at the same time, they'll go out there and say, this was historic. This was a great moment. This was peaceful. This didn't need to be, you know, they, they change their narrative every single time. Where one one day in the news, they'll be saying this was a peaceful protest. The next day, they'll be saying it doesn't need to be peaceful. This is what we're fighting for. It's okay. And then the next day, they'll say it was set up by the Republicans. Like, where 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 does their consistency lie? They have no consistency to left. They, they, where does your consistency lie? Is it violent riots are okay? Was it a peaceful protest? Is this uh, defended by the concept? Like, there's, there's no consistency. So let's read what the fake media has said. On the House floor early on Thursday, hours before the violence of pro-Trump mob bursted into the Capitol, Rep. Matt Gates expressed his anger at the perpetrators. But Gates wasn't pointing the finger at fellow Trump supporters. Instead, he suggested that members of Antifa had secretly infiltrated the group to cause chaos. Now, I will say, there are a lot of people on the right. I'm not going to lie. I get them in my comments. I'm sure some of you watching this, there are a lot of people who are ready for that revolution, that civil war, that do want to be the ones bursting in there and storming it. But my message to them is, think with your brain, not with your emotion. The left thinks with emotion. That's something the left does. Let's just storm the Capitol building and just, what's going to come from that? What are you going to get from that? You're not going to drag Pelosi out by her hair. That is not going to happen. That's just not what happens. You, you, at this point, you're storming an empty Capitol building, and you're just going to get yourself arrested. I hate to break it to you. If you want a revolution, come up with a plan, fully think it out, and then at least put together a militia and a plan. Maybe if you're going to have a revolution, it, it's probably better to start state or citywide, not to the federal government. Jeez, with, with a mob of people that were, aren't, weren't even armed. So I, I I don't know, you if if you want if you're like calling that a, a beacon of the revolution now it's you're just doing more damage than you're doing good at that point. Uh, citing a widely contested article published by the Washington Post, Gates admitted he does not know if the reports are true, but he is said to uh, audible booze, boo, audible booze. Some of the people who breached the Capitol today were not Trump supporters. They were masquerading as Trump Trump supporters and, in fact, were members of a violent terrorist group, Antifa. In fact, many of the Trump supporters who stormed into the Capitol openly boasted about their participation, live streaming as they forced their way past police and bashed the building's doors and windows. That, that was pretty, honestly, that was literally the extent of the damage. Uh, bursting through the doors and windows. That was pretty much the extent of the damage, besides a stolen lamp and a podium 
and a ransacked office that just contained papers. Uh, yet Gates wasn't alone. Across social media and the conservative-leaning TV stations, some right-wing figures peddling the similar claims that, that uh, the loosely collective of far-left activists were responsible for the riots of the Washington Post, Jeremy Barr reported. There were no verifiable evidence that these activists who broadly identified as anti-fascist formed part of the insurrection mob, whatever they're saying. Okay. They, they need this. The left needs this because they need to paint because Trump's not going to be around anymore. Well, Trump will be around, but if he's not president, they need to come up with the new boogeyman. And the new boogeyman is going to be, is, is us. They did it. They solidified it. The new boogeyman is now us. Now, I'm going to show you some footage. Actually, I'll, I'll show that footage later on. But we're, we are the new boogeyman. This is what the left needs. This is what the mainstream media needs. Because they built their entire movement, the whole entire Democratic Party, the whole entire Democrat voting base is based on nothing but hate. It's not based on uh, love and, and admiration for Biden. It's not based on admiration for Pelosi. It's not based on any positively reinforced qualities. It is based on nothing but hate. I was listening to C-SPAN on my way home for a brief time, and I had to turn it off. And one of the guys was saying that, it's not the Democrats that are communists. That's just a conspiracy theory promoted by Republicans. If anything, it's the Republicans that are the communists. And I'm like, in, in what world, in what sense of reality is a Republican movement any way related to communism? You guys are the ones locking us in our homes. You guys are the ones that want us to be dependent on the big corporations while you do this new great, the great reset. Somehow, us who want to who want to give you the capabilities and the power to provide for your own family by creating your own business or working for yourself, yeah, that's that trust sounds like some Stalinist communistic regime to me. So I'm going to go through some of the left wing hypocrisy put on display. Now, this was posted by Caleb Hub, and he posted uh, MSNBC reporter just now. This is an old tweet. Just now. I want to be clear on how I characterize this. This is a mostly peaceful protest, and it's not generally speaking unruly. That is a direct quote from Ali Vilish from the mainstream media. And then they said this guy is literally standing in front of a burning building in the middle of a riot. So that, that is what the mainstream media said during a violent riot with buildings burning behind him. I want to be clear. This is a mostly peaceful protest and is not generally speaking, unruly. Now, a few dozen people go into the Capitol. No burning, no looting. I, mean, I guess maybe you can consider what happened looting, a stolen lamp. Uh, and he tweets this out. Trump incites violence, incites mob, is the headline of the morning's New York Times. Any journalist who sugarcoats their language or normalizes what has happened today isn't doing their job. Our job is to bear witness and tell the truth. Trump is attempting a coup and inciting violence. So a few dozen people is Trump's coup attempt. Listen, if Trump wanted to attempt a coup, he would literally tell all of his supporters, come through and come armed. Trump literally said, go home. He tweeted while it was happening. Stop this. Go home. This is not our way. We're the party of law and order. But, you know, Twitter wants to go ahead and delete that. So that will be stricken from the record of history. So let's talk about the time where uh, anti-Kovanaugh protesters take over the Hart Senate office building, Atrium on Capitol Hill. 
So this is this is not something. Look, there are more people who stormed into the Senate office building in Capitol Hill than there were people who stormed into the Capitol uh, yesterday. And this woman said, we are helping Antifa, or we are here, we're Antifa, whatever they're saying. These are, they look very de- demented in the brain. Uh, but when that happened, that was praised as a beacon of democracy. So this is an old tweet from someone on Twitter, uh, from a guy named Mike. This is my city, D.C. on fire last May. I didn't receive a single text on that night, but this afternoon my inbox was my inbox was flouted, flooded with concerned messages from family uh, and friends. We supposedly don't believe the media anymore, yet it still manages to shape our perspectives. And it is a photo from when Black Lives Matter burnt down D.C., and there is clouds of smoke and what appears to be fire. I don't know if that's just overexposed photo, but if there is smoke, I assume there is also fire. And that, uh, oh, hey, but you know what? That is a beacon of democracy, according to the left. And uh, I, I also got some reports from a f- couple friends of mine that a lot of these big corporations are actually giving their employees off tomorrow for mental health because of what happened at the Capitol. The left is actually insanely soft. There's some people who are praising the months of endless riots are the same people outraged over a few dozen people storming the Capitol, leaving barely any damage. If Black Lives Matter stormed into the Capitol, Netflix and Uber would have added a second black category in honor of the event. Even with all of this going on, Republicans still burnt down zero businesses. That is one of the key, key takeaways. There's so many different takeaways from what happened. And I'll, 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 I'll read them off real quick. One of the takeaways is it was incited by, uh, potentially incited by Antifa. Another takeaway is it, it seemed to be let happen. Another takeaway is the, the mainstream media's hypocrisy when it comes to how they reported on this versus Black Lives Matter. Another takeaway is it was obviously over-exaggerated what even happened. Another takeaway is how the left and the Democrats were praising mob violence for all of 2020. And then all of a sudden when this happens, this is now all of a sudden, this is a threat to democracy. Take everything the left is saying today and apply that to BLM and Antifa riots. It fits absolutely perfectly. The fact that anybody can still believe the mainstream media and the Democrats' BS is absolutely beyond me. Because every time they say something, every time a new situation happens, if the left does it, then the right does it, you can see their narrative completely change. There's no intellectual honesty in what these Democrats are doing, these reporters are doing, and the average Democrat voter are doing. Nothing. So... Facebook and Twitter have temporarily locked Trump's account after the riots on Capitol Hill. Now, listen, the mainstream media and Twitter are done for. Without Trump, they won't be able to retain any of their viewership. They're done for. The Twitter was only successful as, as at its current time to the level of success because of Trump. Facebook, on the other hand, they got a lot of other problems going on, but they got a lot of other stuff going on. So Facebook and Twitter took the extraordinary steps on Wednesday of locking President Trump's account on their platform after his supporters stormed the Capitol building to protest the election. Twitter said it has locked President Donald Trump's account for 12 hours and warned for the first time they may permanently suspend him. 
The temporary lock reflects Trump's violation of the Twitter rules, the company said. We have required the, rem we have required the removal of three Donald Trump tweets that were posted earlier today for repeated and severe violations of our civic integrity policy, Twitter said. This means the account of real Donald Trump will be locked for 12 hours following the removal of these tweets. If the tweets are not removed, the account will remain locked. Twitter added, the future violations will result in permanent suspension of Trump's account. Facebook also blocked Trump from posting on its platform for 24 hours, the company said, after it removed a video he posted of his supporters who participated in the riots. Trump will also face a 24-hour block on Facebook-owned Instagram. Absolute madness. How can you do this to a sitting U.S. president during a time of massive civil unrest? He was literally calling for his supporters. The moment any form of resemblance of a riot started, Trump went out saying, stop this, go home, we're the party of law and order, and then he put out a video telling people to go home, stop this, doing this, we love you, go home. And then that's what gets deleted. That's what gets flagged. See, the Democrats are trying to erase history on what happened. They're trying to, the, the, the people at the top do not want Trump to continue being Trump after he's done being president. Because he's a danger, he's a threat to the establishment and the order. Let's see. We've we have uh, assessed two policy violations against President Trump page, which will revert in a 24-hour feature block, meaning he will lose the ability to post on the platform during that time. Facebook said in a tweet, Facebook spokesperson Andy Stone didn't immediately respond to the questions about whether Trump could face a permanent suspension if he continues to violate Facebook's policies. The announcement marks a major escalation by both social media companies against Trump's account and uh, responds to call by the civil groups. Okay, whatever. So listen, hey, hey, big tech, do your thing. Do whatever you want. Because guess what? It's only going to result in the destruction of your own company. It's only going to result in the destruction in keeping your people in their echo chambers. Twitter stock dropped by 2% today. I guess, you know, here we go. They dropped uh, a dollar, a whole point. They dropped 2%. And odds are they're probably going to continuously drop because Wall Street knows the only people, the only reason why people are on Twitter now is to see what Trump says and see what Trump does. Twitter is a poorly ran company. And honestly, I don't even think the CEO cares. So they're probably going to get, who knows if, if, if the mainstream uh, establishment order will try to prop up Twitter just to inflate their price to not make them go out of business because they don't want to show and admit defeat. But either, either, way, either way, this is a good in a few ways and bad in others. It's bad because they're cutting off a lot of the viewing public from seeing what Trump is doing. But it is good because they're shooting themselves in their own foot at that point. Good and bad. But let's take it with the good. What good can come from this? A new alternative social media could be prosperous. Unfortunately, I don't think that is Parler. I made a tweet saying that Parler, I mean, a par, I made a parlay saying that Parler is garbage. And it, because it is, I mean, I'm sorry to break it to you. So, you know, it is garbage. It is our only alternative when it comes to that type of platform. So I'm using it. But don't don't lie to yourself. Every time it trends number one, it crashes constantly. It has no algorithm. It has very limited search function. It has no explore page. It's been the app's been out for like three years, and there's been no major updates to make it work. It's got millions of daily active users. There's no excuse 
for an app like that to not have any major changes whatsoever to the platform, like literally zero changes. You go back two, three years, the app's literally the same exact app. It's actually an embarrassment. I, I know this because I work a lot in the tech industry. You know, I've worked with people who've created social media platforms that kind of mimic Twitter. It's not that hard. It's, it really isn't that hard. It costs a few thousand bucks. If you're a developer, you can do it yourself. It's, I don't know what is going on over at Parler, but they don't they don't even know what the heck they're doing. They'll handle this golden opportunity to create a platform to rival Twitter and obviously and honestly they squandered it. Completely squandered it. Hopefully hopefully I mean, hey, hey, I'm saying this to be constructive. I'm saying this so hopefully someone at Parler's like, You're right, let's fix this stuff up. Maybe they're trying to work on it, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. People are saying, Well, why don't you give them a few billion dollars and then they can do it, whatever. Listen, Twitter was made by a couple people. It was it was made by a few founders, and they and they created a Twitter. They they the original conception of Twitter was literally by text message. If anything, I would think that would probably be more difficult than creating a feed that can be curated algorithmically. There's literally open source codes out there you can get for free on the internet to give you that type of algorithm. Okay, you know if you don't know nothing about tech, don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me. Oh, we'll need a few million dollars to do so. No, you don't. You don't. The app was probably created by a few Indian people. They paid off a of Fiverr, and the code is probably an absolute and utter mess. My account literally followed 100,000 people yesterday out of nowhere, my parlor account. So there's no excuse. It's been out for too long. It's been big for too long. If it was just launching and it's been its first month, I could understand. But it's been two years, okay? No excuse. Sorry if that offends a lot of parlor bros. But, hey, I'm still going to use it. It's our only alternative. A statement from President Donald Trump on the electoral certification, and this is what he said. Even though I totally disagree with the outcome of the election and the facts bear me out, nevertheless, there will be an orderly transition on January 20th. I have always said we could continue our fight to ensure that only legal votes were counted. While this represents the end of the greatest first term in president history, it's only the beginning of our fight to make America great again. Uh, I mean, hey, what would happen is happening. <laughs> Somebody said first term? You know what I mean? Like, eh, there's going to be a second. But listen, the rhinos have this. We got us. I am an optimistic, positive person. And whenever something happens, we need to take the best from it. And we need to take the best plan of action in moving forward. We think critically. We're not like the left that thinks on emotion. We're thinking critically. What is coming from this? Rhinos have dug themselves a grave for not backing Trump. Come the next election, they will be voted out. This is a good step in the right direction to reclaiming the Republican Party. And also, I want to know, how can someone explain to me how a few dozen people storming the Capitol can change a senator's opinion on whether the election was stolen or not due to fraud? Yeah, a lot of uh, Republican senators, all of a sudden, they change their tune because a few dozen people stormed the Capitol. All of a sudden, there's no fraud. But listen up. We have, in, in the last year, in this election cycle, we have, we have I clearly identified a vast majority of the rhinos in our party. We've clearly identified the true colors of some of the Republican leaders in our party. We, add, we identified them. Now it is up to us to vote them out come next election. It's up to us to primary them next election. We need to win those primaries. Kelly Loeffler, absolute nutter clown. Kind of glad she lost. Damn C word. 
but we need to make sure that the Democrats don't win those seats. We need to make sure we properly primary them with proper candidates. I'm not talking about meme candidates. There's a lot of meme candidates. Is that one girl that kind of won and she was popular on Twitter and she went up and she's new and she made her objection and she was just screaming into the mic. I'm sure what she was saying was good. I, I don't remember her, her name. I'm sure you guys know who I'm talking about. And um, I'm sure she's a nice person. I'm sure she's got her head on her shoulders, but she's kind of a meme candidate in the end of the day. It was just really popular on Twitter. And then she won and just, you know, probably had her first public speech. It's okay. She'll probably get better eventually. But she was just screaming into the mic. Hey, we, we can't have people like that. We need that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'll be honest, maybe, uh, when I ran for Congress, I ran because I felt some need and some passion to. Uh, go against the rhino establishment. Um, you can consider me a meme candidate as well, but we need to make sure we find the right proper candidates to run against the primaries. And we need to pr make sure we properly fund and support those people as well. Because the rhino establishment is not going to obviously give up. But we have identified who the rhino, rhino establishment is. The primary election is more important than the general election. It's as simple as that. So we we need to take that moving forward. We can help reclaim our party. And also, we have uh, fired our base up. We are beyond fired up. We, the problem is, the problem is, it, it's a double-edged sword. When you're really fired up and you go in to vote, but then the election is rigged, it does nothing happens. It does no good. But we have identified the major flaws in our election system. And that's what we need to work forward for the next two years in fixing. And I hope a lot of the Republicans... In state house, in federal house, stand up and help get this fixed, because the illegal election processes that were conducted in this in the states need to be ended. The mail-in voting needs to be ended. I'm sorry, mass mail-in voting. You can still request your absentees, but mass mail-in voting needs to be ended. Voter ID needs to become a requirement. Checking signatures. If you are going to do mass mail-in voting, you should at least have a signature audit. That should be the baseline. The Dominion voting machines, the Smartmatic voting machines, we need to conduct these full audits. We need to work for the next two years to make sure our elections are secured and proper going forward in the future. Because if we can do that, we'll never lose an election again. And it's kind of, you know, the, the night, it's always darkest before the dawn. Before the dawn. And that's kind of one of the things I, I like to look forward to all the time. We're entering the darkest point. I thought the darkest point was past us, to be honest with you. I thought we were going to enter the new light. If Trump would have won, we would have been entering the new light. But that's not what happened. The dawn, it's still getting darker. We were entering our darkest point. But if we can come through in the next two years, if we can fix our election process throughout these next two years... The dawn will start to come. The, the sun will start to rise. And in four to five years, we'll be the most prosperous country we can. But that's only if we are working every single day, fighting against the problems that we have analyzed within our own Republican Party, within the Democrat Party, within our election system. That is the most important thing. Anyway, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe to the post notifications on new video every single day. If you can... Please become a patron. Patreon.com slash Joey Salads. If you become a patron, I will give you a call to say thank you. This show is completely funded and supported by you guys. If you can rate five stars on all the podcast apps, that would be also greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Peace out.